beautiful worship. You can feel the Holy Spirit doing things in our lives. Uh, God's up to something right now, and he's doing something. And he's so, isn't God so awesome? He gives us exactly what we need, exactly when we need it. And he provides for us just in that, that, that moment. But um, I, this message today is I want you to think about all your cares that you have on you today. And I want to think today, you know, today's going to be the day where I leave this place transformed. I leave this place without that burden on my shoulder because there's some Christians that maybe have a lot of cares, you have a lot of worries on you right now, and today is going to be the day where you're just going to leave them at the feet of Jesus. And you know what the good thing is? God, he cares for us. And let's look at this text out of First Peter chapter 5 and verse 7. The Bible says this. It says, casting all your cares on him because he cares about you. I'm going to read that one more time. Casting all your cares. Everyone say, all my cares. On him. I think only two want to put all their cares on him. Let's say that again. On him. Because he cares about me. He truly cares about me. And I want you to put your name in there. He cares about you. Amen. And we're going to pray right now. Lord, we thank you for your supernatural power that's here. We thank you for everyone that made it out. And right now, Lord, I pray that you would minister to hearts and lives. We give you all the honor and all the glory. I pray for supernatural joy to be released, Lord, joy of the Holy Spirit to be released. Even as I preach this message, even as the people are driving here, you could already feel the joy being released inside of lives and inside of hearts, Lord. I pray, Lord, against every care that we've been carrying. Maybe some have been carrying for 20 years. I pray they'll leave that care at the altar today. I pray they would leave that care down, Lord, and they would receive your joy. They would receive your righteousness. They would receive your peace. And all this we ask in the mighty name of Jesus. We bind the enemy in every strategy of Satan right now, every lie of the enemy right now. In the mighty name of Jesus. And we plead the blood of the Lamb, the blood of Jesus upon all of our congregation, upon all of our, our church, Lord. And we sure to give you all the praise and give you all the credit. And we all said... Amen and amen. You know, uh, in 1941, um, uh, Hitler was, he was just ravaging all kinds of uh, Europe and Europe was coming under his regime. And what happened was many of the people, they were becoming subject to the Nazis and uh, many of them were living in, in, in just total, total oppression. And at that time, uh, what... Uh, the government wanted the America to do. They wanted to get men and women to go and begin to do things and, and begin to fight back. And we thank God that they did. And we thank God, you know, today's Veterans Day. We thank God for all our veterans who went to the front lines and did fight that we can have freedom. But there was one unique, one very unique uh, uh, job that was given to one man by the name of John St- Steinbeck. He was given the, the job to write a book about oppression uh, over a, a nation and then them being liberated and them being made free. And he began to write and over there in Europe. They began to print these out in underground presses. And what ha- happened is they began to distribute the books there to all those people who were oppressed by the Nazis. And they began to open up the book and they began to see, they began to get inspired with hope and inspired with joy and inspired with God's, just the, 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 the goodness of God. Because how many of us know that God is a God of hope? Amen. Romans 15, 13, one of 
My favorite verses. He is the God of hope. And so they began to get inspired by this book. And we know that, thank God, they were freed uh, many years later. And God brought freedom to, to many of them. We know that some of them had died. But God ultimately, he won through the allied forces. And God brought great liberty. And World War II was finished. Today, there's another book that you and I can open. And as we open this book, what does God do? He gives us hope. He gives us encouragement. He gives us strength. No matter what we're facing, no matter what we're going through, as we open up the Bible and we see God's book, it begins to give us strength and joy inside of our life. And today, have you been in that place where you're just like, you know what, Pastor Danny, I am just done. I'm just going through too too much right now. I'm just at the point. I'm at the boiling point where I'm about to call it quits. Have you ever been there? Maybe you just, you've gotten bad news, bad report, and you're like, man, I'm just done. And, you know, it could even go, how about even when, when it's something that you didn't do, but it's affecting you? Or maybe it's something that you didn't even, you weren't even part of it, but it's affecting you. And people are casting shade at you because of this thing that maybe had taken place. Now, let me say this. First Peter is a very inspiring book because you read the context of it. Peter was writing to these Christians in Rome and uh, different cities that were under Rome's rule. And what had happened at this time is that Nero, what happened is he uh, burned down Rome. And he burned down Rome, and he, everyone was angry at him and mad at him. And he was in this place where, hey, he wanted to rebuild. He had a, a, you know, a lust to rebuild and do other things. But he burned down Rome, and everyone wanted a piece of Nero. So what did Nero do? Did Nero own up to it? Did Nero say, yeah, it was my fault. I burned it down. No. Nero, he pointed, looked for a scapegoat, and guess who he looked to? The Christians. He looked to the Christians and said, you know what? It wasn't me that burned it down. It was all these, this, that radical new sect, uh, the religion, the Christians that burned it down. And there was a lot, a lot, a lot of things that were coming against the Christians' way already. They were already uh, going to the Colosseum to be eaten uh, by hungry lions. They were persecuted because uh, the, the, the Romans had said that they were cannibals because they were involved in the Lord's Supper and communion. So they said these guys are cannibals. And another thing is that the Christians, they went countercultural to the way of Roman life. All of a sudden they were living righteous, holy lives. So they said this is going to stop social, ref- social progress. So, you know, the Christians, they're wrong. The Christians, you know what, they're, let's just blame the Christians. Hello, someone. Have you ever been there where you didn't even do nothing, but you're getting blamed for everything? So at this time, the Christians were suffering. They were suffering. And Peter is at the end of his life, and he's writing to them, and he talks about a catalog of suffering. I'm going to open a catalog with you of suffering that we see in 1 Peter Chapter 1, and we'll jump to verse 6. And have you ever been in that place where you're like, why am I suffering? What did I do wrong? 
God, why? Why me, Lord? So, 1 Peter chapter 1, and verse 6, the Bible says these words to us. He says, you rejoice in this, even though now for a short time, if necessary, you suffer grief in various trials, so that the proven character of your faith more valuable than gold, though it perishes, is refined by fire. He said, you're grieved. You're grieved. Have you ever been grieved? Like, oh, gosh. Like, oh, why me? Like, what's the matter? Like, wh- what did I do? Who did I, who did I get angry? Like, Lord, are you mad at me? And then he goes, there are various trials. Like, you get a trial at your job, then you get your trial with your, uh, with your dog, and then you get another trial at the, you know, you get a call from Idaho, and you're like, where did I, that trial even come from? Various trials. And I say it again, how low. We've been there, right? So now we're going to jump to chapter 2 and verse 19 through 23. And we're going to see another form of trials. The Bible says this in verse 19. It says, for it brings favor if because of conscience of God, someone endures grief from suffering unjustly. For what credit is there if when you do wrong and you're beaten, you endure it? But when you do what is good and suffer, if you endure it, this brings favor with God. How many of us still want favor? The Bible says in verse 21, it says, For he who called you to this, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He did not commit sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. When he was insulted, he did not insult. In return, when he suffered, he did not threaten, but he entrusted himself to the one who judges justly. In one version, it says reviled. That when he was reviled, he did not revile back. Now, what revile means, this word in in the Greek, it means to, to, to heap on someone abusive speech insulting speech like you're like you're you're getting cussed out someone just like letting you have you're like oh my gosh but the bible says when he was reviled he did not revile revile back the bible says someone who endures grief from suffering enduring grief from suffering have you oh man it's hard now let's jump to chapter three In verse 14, the Bible says this. But even if you should suffer for righteousness, you are blessed. Do not fear what they fear or be intimidated. The Bible says even if you should suffer for righteousness, like you're living a righteous life. And you're suffering for being righteous. This was was going on to the church here. They were living righteous lives, but they were still suffering. They were still suffering. They're still in this place like, God, I'm living righteous, but I'm still suffering. 
Chapter 4, let's go to another. Chapter 4 and verse 12. The Bible says this. Dear friends, don't be surprised when you face fiery ordeals. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, don't be surprised. Don't be surprised. The Bible says, dear friends, don't be surprised when the fiery trial, the fiery ordeal comes among you to test you as if something unusual were happening to you. He says, hey, I'm telling you guys, don't be surprised. The way Christ suffered, we're going to suffer. Don't be surprised. And then in chapter 5 and verse 7, in our text, he says this, cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. So we see the cares. We see cares. We see suffering. We see fiery trials. Are you in a fiery trial right now? Is it like a fiery one? There's various trials, but then there's fiery trials where you're like, oh my gosh, like what in the world? This is fiery. Like this is, you're in the furnace. You're like Dan, you're like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You are in the furnace, and you're like, this thing is fiery, and I don't want to be in this place. But you know the good news, church, is that even in that fiery furnace, he's there with you. Christ Jesus is in that place with you. He's there, and he's protecting you. He's there, and he's strengthening you. He's there, and he's helping us in that fiery trial that we're in. I want to encourage you with that. I want, I, want, I, want, I want you to know that he's with you, all right? He's with you, and he's going to help you get through that fiery trial that you're in. Now, um, some of you might be, you know what, Pastor Danny? I don't believe that. Trials never end. Can I be honest with you? You're right. They don't. But I'd rather be in a trial with Jesus than be in a trial with the devil. That was for somebody. Maybe you're watching online. I'd rather be with my, my Lord and my Savior. Why? Because he has seen me through all those trials. He has helped me through those trials. I would have lost my mind if I wasn't in those trials with him. I would have been out. I would have been. Can I be real? I would have been in the bars. I would have been looking for false joy, false, counterfeit joy. I've been smoking marijuana right now. That was, that was, as a teenager, that's what I, that's what I ran to. But you know what? The good news is by God's keeping power and mercy, he's kept me, just like he's kept you. And because of his grace, we know that he's doing the work inside of us. And he's going to keep us all the way until the day we stand before him. But there's these fire trials that come our way to test us, to make us more like him. We're becoming more like him. But you know what? I, I don't think any of us could honestly say we like trials. Right? What about when there's a trial inside of your life? And it's, it's, it, it just comes to that place where you're just like, man, I just want to quit. Or what if there's personal betrayal? 
the Bible talks about David going through a personal betrayal in Psalms 55. And Psalms 55 is a really cool verse because Psalms 55, you jump to 1 Peter chapter 5 or 7, and you're going to see that Peter was stealing from David. Peter, see, see, pastors, when we hear a good sermon, we steal it. <laughs> but Peter was stealing from David. And look at David. David was betrayed by his friend. And David was complaining to God. He says in verse 2, he said, I'm a restless, I'm restless, I'm in turmoil with my complaint because of my enemy's words. He's saying these things. He says, because of the pressure of the wicked, for they bring me down disaster on. They harass me in anger. My heart shudders within me. Terrors of death, they sweep over me. Fear and trembling grip me. Horror has overwhelmed me. If only I had wings like a dove, I would fly away. How many of you have ever been there? You're like, I just wish I could fly away. Give me a plane ticket, Jesus. Like, give me a plane ticket, Lord. I'm about to fly and never come back. One-way ticket. Hello? I know you're awake. Some of you are probably getting your ticket this afternoon. <laughs> and David's in this place. He's like, I wish I had wings and I could just fly away. American Airlines, where are you? I wish I could just fly away and just be in that. Oh, I wish I could fly away from these problems. I wish I could fly away from my job. I wish I could fly away from my boss. God forbid. I wish I could fly away from Pastor Danny. Just play. <laughs> I wish I could fly away from my kids right now. I wish I could fly away from my bank account right now. And I wish it would get filled up with a lot of money. So we have all these things. David saying, God, I wish I could just fly away. I wish I could just fly away from all of this, God. And then what happens? It's so beautiful what happens. David in this place, he comes to this realization. And verse 22, he said this. He says, cast your burdens on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never allow the righteous to be shaken. That means that every burden that I have, I can cast it on the Lord. Every, every, every anxiety that I have, I can cast it on the Lord. Everything that I'm facing, I can cast it on the Lord through faith in Jesus. Everything that comes my, my way to torment me, I can cast it on the Lord. And he says that he will sustain me. Now that's good news. That is some really good news. The Bible says this, cast your cares upon the Lord for he will sustain you. He'll never let the righteous be shaken. Turn to your neighbor and say, you won't be shaken if you trust in the Lord. One man said this about suffering. He said, Christian, Christianity teaches that contrary Buddhism, suffering is real. Contrary karma, suffering is often unfair. Contrary, contrary secularism, suffering is meaningful. There is a purpose to it. And if faced rightly, it can drive us like a, a real 
like a nail real deep into the love of God and to more stability and spiritual power than we could imagine. Than we could imagine. Another man said this. He said, suffering can refine us rather than destroy us. Because God himself walks with those in the fire. Oh, man, I'm getting encouraged right now. That means that when I'm in the fire, that God is there. That means that when I'm in the furnace, that God is there. That means that for those that are watching online, when you're going through your deepest, darkest, most craziest moment, that you can cry out to God in the depths of that and that he helps you and that he gives you strength. Man, that was a good time to praise God. A good time to praise God. So that brings us to the point of, okay, Lord, why don't I have joy? And let me say this. I know this church has favor. There's favor over this church. Every single one of you, I just say, man, they're dripping with favor. They're dripping with favor. Wow. When I got that call, I said, wow, they're dripping with favor. But... I'm going to be very pastorly right now. I'm going to bring something. You might get offended, but it's okay. But I think this is true. I was praying about it. I want to share this with you. I believe as a church, we need more joy. I do. I believe that we need to ask God for joy. Because joy... Let's get to it. Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10. When you get there, say amen. I believe this church fights for righteousness. I believe this church is dripping with favor. But I believe we need to work on our joy. The Bible says in Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10. When you get there, say amen. In verse 10, the Bible says this. It says, do not, be, do not be grieved because the joy of the Lord is your strength. Do not be grieved. Do not be, don't be down. Don't be discouraged. Don't, and we, we know the context of this here. We know that the, the children of Israel, they were rebuilding something that was ruined for so long and so much opposition against them. And there was small beginnings. It was like they were coming out of Babylon and they're coming back to ruins. And all of a sudden they're just rebuilding the walls and they're persecuted. And, and, and right here God says, hey, don't be grieved. The joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Another thing I believe, church, you, you, we read Psalms 50, uh, 51. And what did David say? He said, Lord, restore the joy of my salvation. Restore it. How many of us remember where we came from? We remember that day. I mean, we couldn't stop talking about Jesus. We had so much joy inside of our life. We, had, we were like on fire with joy. We we're like, oh my gosh, God is doing so much inside of my life. And, and we know that joy is a fruit of the Spirit. It's the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5, that we, we got to have the joy of the Lord. But see, uh, even in Romans chapter 14, uh, Paul tells the the, the the, Ro- the Romans, he says, see, the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. See, where do many of us get our joy from? TV, entertainment, funny movies, going out with our friends. 
And not that those things are bad, but they're not true joy. True joy, the Bible says, uh, is different than that. So let me say this, church. Not that those things are bad, but how many of us look to those things for joy? We look to those funny movies for joy. We look to, uh, we look to uh, comedians for joy. We look to um, uh, going out to our favorite restaurant for joy. And we, we end up just empty. And we're like, what's going on? Like, I have, you could have everything going right for you. And you could have every money in your bank account. And you could have, you know, your family say, your, your family's doing well. But all that doesn't equate to joy. There are some people that have nothing and they're full of the joy of God. They have nothing, but they're full of the joy of God. And we know the joy of God is something that is supernatural. It's a gift of the Holy Spirit. See, the kingdom of God is not food or drink, but it's righteousness, it's peace. And what's the last one? Joy of the Holy Spirit. Joy of the Holy Spirit. So some of you say, man, pastor, I've been living righteous. Man, pastor, I got God's peace. Man, pastor, but I don't got no joy. Ask God for joy. Say, God, give me some joy. God, give me some joy in my life because the joy of the Lord is our strength. You know, I imagine joy as being an anointing that comes over somebody in in any any circumstance. That you can walk into a, a, a room and you don't have anything. You might not have no money. You might just have not a lot of possessions. But you can walk into that room with the joy of the Lord. And guess what happens? Your joy leaks to other people and they get joy. Have you ever been around somebody that's joyful? And you're like, man, I, I want to serve God too. Have you ever got around somebody that's just like, oh my God. Oh gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh my. Is Pastor Danny almost done with this sermon? Oh, he talks too long. Oh, they talk too long. Oh, the guy, you know, oh, oh man, the, the road ranger come, oh, this, oh, that, oh. Lord, give us joy. Not that those things are wrong, but Lord, give us joy. Give us joy. See, joy is a choice. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 4, we're going to read that real quick. Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. How many of this, this is helping you? This is helping you? You need more joy. We need more joy. Philippians. Chapter 4. In verse 4. The Bible says these words. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Rejoice. He's saying, rejoice. He goes, hey, you know what? Rejoice in the Lord. It's, it's something that we're commanded to do. Do you feel like rejoicing all the time? No. But God has commanded us to rejoice. What's another thing that brings rejoice, uh, joy inside of our life? It's repentance. We know that God brings joy inside of our life when we repent. The word of God brings joy in our life as we read the word of God. The Bible says in John chapter 15 and verse 8. It says these words to us, John 15, verse 8. I'm sorry, 15, verse 11. The Bible says these words. 
I have told you these things so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. I have told you these things that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Even rejoicing in trials, the Bible talks about uh, trials in the book of James, chapter 1 and verse 2 through 3. It says this word, it says this word to us, it says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Isn't that like, wow. How many of us in a trial, when a trial comes, we're like, oh man, praise God, this is, I'm just so happy I'm going through another trial. Oh, Jesus, we love you. You know, that's what the Bible commands us to do. God speaking to Danny. God speaking to Danny. And I believe God speaking to some of you here today. Because you are so blessed. Man, just you're saved. Where God brought you from. I mean, you were, you were out there in the world. And some of you, maybe you were not out there in the world, but that don't matter. You were still lost. You were still a sinner. You are still angry with your mom. Still you know, angry with your whoever. And the Bible says that we're all sinners. We're all of us. And it's such a joy that, man, we're forgiven of our sins. That we're forgiven of our sins and that God, he, he takes all those things and he, he makes us who he wants us to be through the trials. I don't know why he does that, but he does that. He works that way. He's God. What God has taught me through trials is he's taught me to love people. He's taught me to care about people. He's taught me to, man, let me ask you this. What have trials taught you? I want to hear you. What what have trials taught you? I want to hear somebody, at least three people. What have trials taught you? Patience, yes. We wouldn't have no patience if it wasn't for trials. Someone from this side. Compassion. Oh, Amen. Anyone else? Someone in the back. What has trials taught you? We've learned patience, compassion. To to trust God more. Amen. To trust God more. If trials didn't come in our life, we wouldn't we wouldn't have we wouldn't want to trust God. We would just want to trust in ourselves. We wouldn't have compassion. We wouldn't have patience. We wouldn't depend on God. If trials didn't come in our life, some of us would leave God. Because we would say, we don't need them. What trials have taught us today are so powerful. So what does God require of us today? He requires of us today to rejoice. As the worship team makes their way up here today, to rejoice. To rejoice. There is some burdens that we're carrying that still our joy. I'm going to take this right here for example. And let me give you an example with, with, with my life. When we were looking for the building... This next building that God opened doors for. That was a burden that all of us had.
But you know the devil, he'll come and he'll lie to us. And you know what he was telling me? You know, you know what he's telling me? He said, you aren't called to Whittier. All the people are going to be laughing at you when God doesn't open up doors for a building. You know what? What about the older people in your church when it's cold outside? And, that there, and, and all kinds of things are just coming in my head. All kinds of things are just coming in my head. And you know what? Those are just burdens that were coming on me. But you could see this as something light, but they were heavy, right? They were heavy, and I was carrying this one, and I was just trying to keep faith, and I was just trying to keep a smile. <laughs> but you know what? All I had to do, all Danny had to do, and maybe, not, maybe this is not for you. All I had to do was say, Jesus, I leave it in your hands because you're good. And I can trust you. I can leave the results up to you. That's all I had to do. Was there some days where I did that? Yes. Was there some days when I didn't do that? Yes. And those days, I was missing out on the joy that God wanted me to walk in. And tonight, I believe there's some of you right now, you're going through some things. And you're carrying weights. You're carrying burdens. You're carrying... You're carrying things on your shoulders that God, he wants to help you with. And the first step for us to have it take place in our life is trusting in Jesus with all of our life, surrendering our life to him and, and repenting of our sins, salvation. If you're here tonight and you say, you know what, it's my very first time, we just want to say, it's great to have you with us here today, but you like to accept the Lord Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If you could just lift up your hand really quick, we want to pray for you. If you just lift up your hand, anyone here tonight. We always make this invitation. We want to pray for everyone that God would help them, that God would strengthen them, that God would bring them to that new life. Believing that we're all saved. Those that are watching online, we're going to say this prayer. And if you're not saved, we, we just would love to have you join the family of God. If you can repeat these words after me, say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for all my sins. I believe that you died and that you rose again on the third day. From this day forward, my life is yours. Thank you for your precious blood that was shed for me on Calvary. If you said that prayer, we would love to pray for you more. If you could let us know in the comments and we'll connect with you. And we'd love to have you one day in our one of our services in our new location, our even here these final services that we're going to be here but tonight what I wanted to do is as I was preparing for the sermon I just had this idea for some of you to come up it's not gonna be all of you but I want you to get your burdens it might be your finances it might be it might be a personal struggle that you have and I just want you to, to pull them out, however many you need to get. And we're going to hold them together. I'll hold mine too. But then by faith, we're going to release them to the Lord. And when we release them to the Lord, I know that God's going to meet with us. I'm so, I'm so confident in that. I have no doubt whatsoever because he's faithful. He's faithful. Amen. So tonight, if that's you, I'll start it off. I'll show you two. I got to take some. 
I'm going to hold these. All right, who's bold and who's next? You can come up here, and then we're just going to stand up here, and we're going to pray. Hallelujah. Right now, by faith, Lord, every burden and every worry, every fear, every anxiety that we have, Lord, right now, in the mighty name of Jesus and the blood of Jesus, Lord, we come before you boldly. Lord, we come before you humbly. And we come before you in faith that every burden we lay at your feet because we know you're a loving father. You're faithful. And right now as we release these burdens on this altar today, this day, we pray for the Holy Spirit to give us joy like never before. Lord, we pray. Lord, that you would fill us with supernatural joy, even in the midst of our trial and our suffering, God. And as we lay these burdens down, we're going to raise our hands and worship to you, God, because we know that you deserve it all. Right now, I pray you cast the burdens down. Lay them, let them go. Raise your hands today. Let's pray. Let's sing out the song today. Hallelujah. 